Sitting in bars and cafes Writing songs about songs And plays within plays But how rarely we dare To write something that says anything About bars and cafes Hello and welcome back to Enter the Asylum, a podcast where two brothers try to, uh, you know, hunt down, hunt down asylum movies and kill them with They're silver bullets. I'm your host, Benjamin. Neutralized. I'm your host, John. Uh, today we watched The Beast of Bray Road. I constantly want to call it Beast of Bray Road, though. The Beast of Bray Road. It's the Bro, Lake Bro. Scott film. We're, we're back to Lake Scott. We took a small uh, break. We're here again. I will say this probably was the best Lay Scott film we've watched yet. At least I thought so. Which yeah, isn't I mean... that high of a bar, <laughs> to be clear. You know what? I'm going to give you... Yeah, yeah, sure. I agree. Uh, before we get into this film, I want to mention uh, David Michael Ed's discussing Sharknado 7. Oh, God. Ooh, I boy. thought it was dead. No, but, no, but, no, but money, though. What the money? money? They probably make like two thousand bucks on each movie. Well, apparently not, because everyone wants, everyone likes Sharknado. Why? It makes money. It has to make money because they, because people care about it. I guess I don't know. They, they just run it on the sci-fi sh- like channel like once a year, and then that's it. And it makes money. I guess I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand why they're so obsessed with Sharknado. It must make money because they made it's... seven rather six films. I can understand why they're obsessed with Sharknado because it's literally the only thing the asylum was created that has any name recognition. Yeah, any whatsoever. cultural value. I wouldn't say value, just cultural, recognition. Cultural notice. Yes. Hmm. Ugh. I mean, uh, I'm not looking forward to reaching that stage where we're watching all those films. Eh, whatever. It's going to be a while. <laughs> we have a ways to go. I don't think it could be significantly worse than what we are watching right now. This is the penultimate Lake Scott film, so that's exciting. Woo! We're almost done a film. This film is, uh, it's about a werewolf who attacks people. It's about a werewolf. It's about um, the famous beast of Bray Road, which is a thing, I guess. I Yeah, it's one of these, like, local folklore monsters. It's, it's like, you know, it's just another, like, Bigfoot-type thing. But in this movie, they made it a werewolf. <laughs> the descriptions yeah. they give, people, the eyewitness reports in real life gave, described it as a Bigfoot-like creature, but also a this, dog. This could, the Beast of Bray Road can be lumped into, like, um, uh, the, the, the giant array of just various little like local yeah, uh, Devil, monsters. Mothman. Jersey De- No, no. Uh, uh, I was going to say specifically of like Bigfoot type creatures, like the Boggy Creek creature, like just sort sure. of like very localized uh, little uh, creature sightings. Um, that I'd all... say Mothman would fit in there though. Yeah, that all kind of resemble. Well, no, Mothman has more going for it than, say, sure. like the Boggy Creek creature or like the Bray Road. And Mothman is actually like a famous one. the The Bray Road and Boggy Creek and all the sorts are like hyper localized, and they're all they all feel like derivatives of of the basic Bigfoot story. Spooky, hairy thing in the woods that may or may not attack you. Basically, yeah, pretty much. 
So we start all this film. We see an opening screen that says, based on a Leg Scott script. I would just tell... <laughs> no, no true story. Just It was based on a script. Based on a Leg Scott production. That's hilarious. Does it actually say based on a Leg Scott script? No, it's just based off a true story. Which, oh. You know, not really, though. Yeah, because no, it's a month it's a bunch of monster sightings it's not really a true story behind it there's there's yeah none <laughs> it's really, not really a story it, it's just a, it's just your it's a very boring werewolf story uh we see a group of asylum actors leaving a bar we should mention this is set in wisconsin yeah what a great day to be from wisconsin this is um uh the beast of brave road is a wisconsin story um, and I would say this is the most loving tribute to Wisconsin since uh, <laughs> Bill Rabane made the giant spider invasion. Sure. It's a very um, sympathetic look at rural culture of Wisconsin. It doesn't, it doesn't at all look like, you know, Southern hick culture. No, of course not. It's all, it's really respectful and it's really cares about who so the people are in the movie. It, and it's so accurate to the Midwest. These definitely aren't people from like California. Yeah, it's so accurate that no, none of the actors are probably even from Wisconsin. That's how like accurate it is. That's how accurate it is. These are all people from yeah, from from like West Hollywood and such. It's you know, because real people from Wisconsin wouldn't really be able to understand what like, Wisconsin's so great. You know, <laughs> that's why we got a bunch of Hollywood actors. And boy, are these some Hollywood actors. These are, these are some asylum actors. It is funny how Wisconsin seems to produce nothing but people who are really super down on Wisconsin. Like Red Letter <laughs> Media, they're like... Like, you saw that video where, like, they make fun of Milwaukee. Actually, I should say, they've made, they made several videos where they make fun of Milwaukee. I think it was a whole slender thing that happened there, wasn't it? I think so. And of course, there's making a murderer. That's Wisconsin. Mm. Wisconsin's a pretty fucked up state. It's a to mess. Be fair. It's a mess. Uh, so at this bar, we started all film the bar, and these are the most asylum actors I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like thick with that sort of asylum sort of garbage smell. It, and it's, it's, gotta it's say, everyone a, at that bar has just deep personalities that we'll see grow for this entire film. Right, and definitely not, not die two minutes later. They're not cardboard cutouts. They're not people that you see and then immediately forget about once mm. they're off screen. Mm. Um, they, they, they all respect have, each other. They have very fleshed out personalities. One of the guys is there's like a group of three douches who are all brothers, I think, or supposed to be at least. And one of them's trying to get this girl, uh, but she's not interested, and she heads home by herself. She heads home, her car breaks down, gasp, and she gets killed by a spooky werewolf man. Basically, yeah, it just it just reaches into the window. And doesn't she uh, leap out of the car to run away from it? Yeah, like you do. <laughs> that was an amazing cut. It was it was like she's in her car trying to start it, and then where uh werewolf beast man uh one the his arm just lunges into the car, scratches up her face, and then it cuts to her running in the woods mm. you don't even see her get out of the car it just jump cuts to her running and honestly the at this part of the film not not a bad monster design i was somewhat impressed with it well i mean at this point all you've seen is the arm yeah and the sort of it's very husky it looks very it's covered in shadows so you can't see very well but it's sort of spooky it's scary 
That will not last long. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but in this scene, it's quite spooky. Give it props. The, that that one good for that, scene. With that first scene, and then five minutes in, it's ruined. And she, of course, gets eaten by the Moonster, and that that's it. Now it's daytime. Well, oh wait, we get, of course we got the, we, the, the well, we had the credit, credit scene. We've had the credit sequence after she gets killed, um, which might be one of the better credit sequences I've seen in an asylum film. Actually, you sure it's about that? Che- it's cheap, but like it's got these sort of like goofy looking um uh monster letter uh font uh thing going it's very on spooky. It, it, it seems like it's well no it seems like it's going for sort of like a 50s b movie monster flick kind of mm. feel like the credits are like zooming across the screen really fast and everything so it seems kind of goofy and i was like oh, okay this is this is all right you know this isn't boring me to tears like most opening credit sequences do in these asylum films so now it's daytime. Uh, we see a cop played by uh, serial killer, mass murderer, and womanizer Jeff Denton um, as he gets out of his car to examine. But he's not, but he's not a serial killer womanizer in this movie. Yet. Yeah, this came out in 2005, so Jeff Denton has not become that yet. He yeah. becomes that back in later 2007, I think. Oh, so you this could movie could argue. Out... You so could this, argue. So, so this movie came out before uh, Hitchhiker? Yeah. Which does a seven. You could argue that this is the Jeff Denton origin story. This is how he became the the serial killer from Hitchhiker? Yeah. And we'll, so we'll, he... we'll, we'll flesh this out as we go on. <laughs> I, I, I like what you're getting at. I see what you're going for. <laughs> so he finds the car. He's covered in blood. He's like, well, that's a little weird. What's up, what's up with that? So he calls it in, and I, I remember this line. He he calls he calls into the station and says, "We've got two thirty four on Bray Road." And the dispatcher goes, "Illegal squirrel hunting." And he goes, "Like I've got an abandoned car." And she goes, "That's a two thirty four, dear." And I had to go back. I was like, "That's what he said." That 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 is the number that he said, and I went back and checked. And I was like, "Yeah, no, that's what he said. He said a two thirty four. It's a comedy, John. Lake Scott, it, it, the Lake Scott states this film's a comedy. That is, what's the where are the jokes in this movie? Other than I'll, visceral, I'll tell you, I'll tell you when the jokes happen because they're all very of, funny. Other than a visceral hatred of rural Wisconsinites. Who, by the way, these people do not look like Midwesterners, do not act like Midwesterners at all. Um, but other than a visceral hatred of Wisconsin, I don't see what the jokes are supposed to be. Well, we'll get through those. They're very funny, though. They're so, yeah. They're very funny. And he just so, anyway, so after he calls the car in, he starts just swabbing the wall of blood with a he little. He just takes a Q-tip and just, yeah, just like dabs. It is a, a wall bit, of gets blood. A little bit of the, gets a little bit of the strawberry jam off the off the car there. We then immediately cut to an old woman who's trying to find her cat. And this scene is very funny. Oh, God, I forgot about this. Like, yeah, I like lost the... my cat. Do you know where your cat is? No. Uh, uh, don't worry. Uh you know it might be gone how dare you think it's dead it's not no, dead the, the, okay. there's, a, there's there's a sort of like um flunky sort of cop who's like who kind of who's constantly mugging at the camera he looks a little bit like jim from the office mm. uh, but he's like always like mugging at the camera and um he i guess he asks like okay like what color was the cat and she goes 
Why would you say was? Why would you use oh, the past sure. tense? Very, I'm sorry, I forgot the very funny line. The very funny line. And he's like, no, no. Uh, and then he's like, it's, oh, God, it's, it's, it's. What's weird is this actually, this woman feels really out of place for the rest of the town. You know? Yeah, she's actually, like, decently Normal? <laughs> Normal looking, not, she, not, like. Does have that she, weird sort of face? I would bet you she's the only, thing. she's probably the only actual Midwesterner in this entire movie. Oh uh, yeah, I'd agree to that. She has that. She has that look. She has that vibe about her. But like, yeah, like everyone else in this movie is just like a douche douchebag Californian, and I say that as a douchebag Californian. <laughs> like everyone else in this movie is just just looks like Hollywood people. Um, not like glamorous Hollywood people. I mean, like you know, I'm I'm still doing improv classes. Hollywood people, they sure. like they just have that let SoCal look about them and that attitude about them. Um, this woman is like the only. You know what she reminds me of? She reminds me of the the mom from Birdemic. This like beautifully sincere <laughs> character. That's yeah. Like, okay. Except you get to see a lot more of the mom yeah. in Birdemic. But like just this like suddenly just like really like this like older, really nice, wonderfully sincere character who's just there and then is gone. And she she is just gone. It's kind of it's it's mysterious. What happened to her? Who knows? Maybe she found her cat. I hope she did found she, her cat. Did she find her cat? Probably the only decent person in this town. Uh Jeff arrives. Even if she is a bit like Anxious overwrought. <laughs> it was a very funny scene, so that's okay. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, so Jeff arrives and we meet our uh we meet so we meet our cast of cops, which is like three cops. It's like it's the dispatcher, it's the um it's the guy who looks like Jim from the and office. It's Pamela, who is and the then, former sheriff. And then you're right, and then slash current right. sheriff. She's like the head of the sheriff's department. Mm. She's the one who actually uh, will be up for re-election. She mentions this at some point. I guess Jeff is also trying to run for that too. I well, but he is he like a, a lesser sheriff? I don't know how sheriff departments yeah. work. De- I guess he's a deputy. And so Jeff hates Pamela for some reason. He's he's trying to explain like so uh, the car was stained by blood and was like nah the car wasn't stained by blood all I saw was oh. rust. This like, this what? was this what? was a very this was a very this felt very like hot fuzz to me except hot fuzz like did this like it was funny and clever mm. but like it, it was he was very like you know it's like he wanted to put out like a missing person report or like uh, and he was like I took a DNA sample and they were like whoa slow down there city slicker uh, like they're very like mocking and condescending of him and like in hot fuzz it's funny because it's like it, it's part of the plot that these people are all in denial that a murder could have happened in their perfect little town and more but importantly this, they're all also behind it they're also behind it too not not the cops so much just only the head cops yeah. um but like but all the other people are like it's just it's inconceivable them and that's part of the plot is like the city cop has to like prove no actually actually murders are going on these aren't accidents but like but these 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 sheriffs in this like awful hick town in in uh, I mean let's be honest it's California yeah um, <laughs> awful hick town in California are like are just so like like 
condescending of it like why it's not earned it's weird. yeah all. all the kickers in this film are actually all very skeptical yeah when you would assume otherwise in this sort of type of story everyone's you, deeply skeptical you would think it'd be the other way around you would think the the local populace would be the superstitious people and the outside city cop is like yeah, you're you're a bunch of stupid hicks, and then he's the one proven wrong. In fact, the motive of a lot of the characters makes no sense, considering what's the happening in the pretty town. Pretty much, no one makes sense. No. <laughs> so let's let's get further into this, I guess. None of them believe the car was stained by blood, even though it's obviously the police police blood right there. He sent in a DNA sample and everything. Uh, Jeff just does some like sneaking around. He goes to the under the car. That's sneaking is... around. He just asks around, basically. Oh, yeah. He's he's doing like you know unknown to anyone. Police work. Police work. <laughs> We're just sneaking around, you know. Oh, slow down there, city slicker. <laughs> he goes to the owner of the car, who is a man who uh, casually beats his wife, whose mm. sister, whose the wife's sister, was the one who owned the car, which was bought by the man who beats his wife right if that makes or sense he, or he was the one who owned it and just let the wife's sister use it i mm. don't know during this entire scene jeff is just gross gum chewing he's just like i'm yeah. sorry everyone had to hear that but that's how awful that scene was it, it i guess <laughs> it's to make him seem manly you know it's very gross to hear his chewing gum sounds Ugh. it was bad uh so then he leaves off he goes then goes to the bar and rendezvous with the bartender who is the same actor who played Melinda in Hitchhiker. Right. Which adds some interesting credits. They look very similar. They're not the same person, but they do look really similar. Is Melinda the one... No, who lives. Sorry. She's the one who okay. kills Jeff at the end. Yes. Okay, now I remember. Spo- spoilers for not, Hitchhiker. Not Lace Scott's ex-wife. The, no. the, the main woman. Okay, yes. Uh, it's weird that they they paired them together again, or rather for the first time. This, uh, this would actually be the first time they're pairing yeah. them, which means in the Hitchhiker they paired them again because you know the chemistry was just off the charts. Oh, for movie. sure. Uh, she wants to go on a date with Jeff, which again is weird for us personally because in the last time I saw both these actors together, it was weird, but that's not really follow the film. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a little odd. You just don't know anything about these people. I either. don't. It felt like it was implied that they had a history, but, yeah. like... What is odd here is the continuation of Lady Scott's infatuation of Jeff Denton and constantly writing him as this sort of, like, ultimate hot, super buff dude that all the girls make, love. I think it makes perfect sense. It's what Lay Scott wants to be. Oh, I just thought... I just think Lay Scott might have a crush on Jeff Denton. Oh. No, he's... Both of no, are likely. No, but that would be gay. <laughs> We know we know how Lace Scott feels. Yeah, Lace, about that. He's in denial. Let's be honest. Oh, well, probably. But we know how Lace Scott feels about that. That would be gay. Oh no. Uh. No, I think I think it's what I think it's simpler than that. I think it's just what Lace Scott aspires to be, but never sure. will be. But why Jeff though? I good question. Well, I mean, because that's <laughs> because Lace Scott's imagination is so limited. That like that is just his idea of what the model man is, mm. um, because Blake Scott is a very boring person. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> Considering how he wrote this film, he must be. Considering how he's written every film, mm. 
so after that happens, Jeff then meets up with the boyfriend guy from earlier who was trying to get the girl who died. He mm. knows nothing. Um, there's a casual N-word. They, they just casually say the N-word they, Yeah, okay. I'm it's glad really I'm, casual. I was wondering if I misheard that. I was wondering if I was if I was just going no, crazy. No, no, no. It's, it's there. No, that it was there. It's which, incredibly casual. Which is, I mean, it, it, it seems completely out of context. Like, it's, it's, it's really out of context. There's no black person in the movie whatsoever. Apparently, there's no black person in this entire town. Like, they're not referring to a black person. It's just sort of dropped in there very casually. Maybe these guys are, like, big fans of, like, rap music, and they, but they don't actually know what the words mean. And so, like... <laughs> So their language this is, is being this is being very helpful considering all three of them are the worst people ever. This is being very generous to the characters, but maybe they like like listening to rap music but don't actually know what any of the terminology means. So sure. they think the N-word means something different than what it actually means. I mean, he is a ho- he does use it in a hostile tone, so I'm not sure. He knows it's bad, but mm. like he can't really articulate it past that because sure. he's, he's this like dumb country hick who doesn't who has no exposure to um, uh, anything beyond his town. Yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, it was very out of place, and I felt uncomfortable. But <laughs> they know nothing. All three of the douchebags know nothing, and they're all like, "Oh, get out of here, pig." They are so openly hostile to that cop, which is kind of amazing. It's weird, too. Again, yeah, I mean, again, it's again, a small too. town, so the cop can, in fact, really ruin your life. And that's what he tells them. He's like, hmm. this is a small town. I can I can make your life a living hell for you. And they're just like, fucking pig. Which is like, <laughs> okay. like on the other hand, it's cool to see a depiction of like, poor uh, uh, white people having like open contempt for the police which is there there is a truth to that but it's also kind of funny again i i i'm gonna fall back on this theory that they they just listen to a lot of rap music and so their understanding of these things is based upon like black culture even when it has no like connection to them as people it has no connection (laughs) to them specifically so like it has no like so even though when you actually go to like rural places it's like blue lives matter and all that shit um but I, but I do think there is a limit to that. I think there are definitely plenty of poor white people who fucking hate the police. Sure. Um, so um, it's not totally unreasonable, but it, it is strange. It's weird considering how the rest of the cops are also like in the town too, which yeah. basically we don't really want to do anything at all. Right. It's like, what, what exactly do, do the police do in this town? The sher- What exactly does the sheriff's department do in this town to raise such ire? Presumably nothing. <laughs> it doesn't look like they do anything. Because that seems that the main problem, the, the main conflict is the fact that no one really wants to do anything about Jim the problem. The, the guy who looks like Jim from The Office just sort of casually... Oh, no, sorry, it's, a, it's the dispatcher lady. The dispatcher lady just sort of casually remarks upon the fact that they all know that one guy is beating his wife. But, like, it's not like they actually do anything about mm. it. So, we then cut to the wife beater who is listening to cartoon sound effects on his TV. He's, yes, he's watching TV and you just hear cartoon sound effects. <laughs> I don't, that's, there's just too many sound effects. 
it goes on Too for like of, I would say a full sixty seconds. It's just cartoon sound effects. No, no dialogue whatsoever. Like actual cartoons don't have that many sound effects. He's like, Where's my beer and my manwich? Always watching the sound effects. <laughs> what's what's for dinner, manwich? Where is it? And like really great and really great Wisconsin sort of like, you know. By the way, all the speaking of Wisconsin, all the cars in this movie have California license plates. <laughs> like in Wisconsin. Like in Wisconsin, like you see in Wisconsin. Everyone, Wisconsin is even real. It's just a subsidy of California. They also like it's also the landscape doesn't make any sense because it's like it's all like dense woods. And if you've actually been to Wisconsin, it's all like open fields. Mm. Like there are some wooded areas of Wisconsin, but like they're they tend to be sort of like you know like state parks and sure, sure. You know, like things like that or like they're like the little wooded areas between fields but like rural wisconsin looks like like it does in giant spider invasion it, it's a lot of like fields and there's not a field in sight in this entire movie it's just dense woods uh so then he goes out he hears some here's some uh, spooky noises outside he goes outside to check it out and gets uh, attacked by the beast Yep. And uh, hey, actually, fuck this monster design. It's actually it's, really bad. It's really, really, really bad. The whole thing. It's got big, bright green eyes. It looks. It, it, it's it looks so like a, bad. It looks like a big dog. It's really it, bad. It's really awful. It's got this big, big, big teeth, and it's it's really dumb looking. Suddenly, the big shaggy hair starts looking like wool on him instead of shaggy hair, and it's like, uh. This is the worst immediately. How did it get so bad? He looked he looked fine earlier. I mean, at least they didn't try to CGI it, but it still looks really stupid. Um, we then cut his kids, some kids. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, oh, uh, wife who gets beat up shoots oh, yeah. the monster. The she, monster like, runs out, away. She pulls yeah. out a rifle. Well, is it a shotgun? It shotgun. Might be a shotgun. She pulls out Everyone a shotgun. Everyone has a shotgun in this film. She pulls out a shotgun and, like, and shoots it, and I guess the monster runs away after she's killed the husband. Yeah, so then we catch some kids playing Fortnite on their Atari. <laughs> That'd be hilarious if it was Fortnite. If they started dabbing doing the Fortnite dances. <laughs> it's a little early, but it'd be, it'd be really ahead of its time. This is a thing. This is an interesting thing is like, watch how um, actors use video game controllers. He's got a joystick. And he's just it's slamming like, it. He's just going. Smashing It's not unreasonable because you can't really do anything else with a joystick, but like. But like he's, but he's like really like vigorously like jerking it around. So like it's it looks like as if he's like he's like he's going with like the 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 um the the movement speed that you would sort of associate with like a fighting game. But he's not mashing buttons. He's just like jamming around a joystick. And, and so it's like I don't think there's like I, I can't I, I can't like like. The thing I think of when I think of joystick is like Pac-Man, and it's like you're not really like mash like like swinging the joystick around really wildly playing that, mm. or like uh, or like Space Invaders or like asteroids. It's like you're not you're not moving the joystick around that fast to do that. This is a digression, but I'm always fascinated by that of like you know actors who don't know how to play video games, <laughs> like having to hold it's a beautiful every time and pretend they're playing a video game. Yeah. Uh, they see the beast who they think is a Bigfoot outside. In fact, one of the kids is like, it's a fucking Bigfoot. 
The mother's like language. And I recognize that mom from other asylum movies, but I don't know what else she was in. But I recognize that actress. It's been it's trying to get difficult, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of these. <laughs> Maybe the kids are playing Pitfall, but no. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> it's possible. I don't know. The mother takes out her personal shotgun and then she they're shoots play, it. They're, they're playing the ET game. <laughs> I would be I would be aggressively shaking that controller too. The uh the the their town was the only one that didn't get word that the ET game was being recalled. <laughs> they have the last in two thousand five. In two thousand five, of course. They have the last existing copy of the ET Atari game. I mean, I guess it's rural, so they don't have like any new technology. But Atari in two thousand five is quite late. It's really late. They obviously bought that at like a thrift store or something, and then what? Just the like, Xbox three sixty was getting announced that year. I mean, like, it's a rural setting. People are very poor. Although this family doesn't look super poor. Their house looks okay. But, like, but, yeah, you'd think they'd have something a little bit better than, like, an Atari. Like, maybe, like, a Game Boy or maybe, like, maybe an early Nintendo system. A Sega Genesis, at least. Or Sega Genesis. Yeah, exactly. An NES. They should be playing Sonic. They should be playing Sonic. Or or an NES. Yeah, there you go. Like, they should be playing. Atari is the first. Like, it's the bottom of the barrel. They should have like a, a a handheld controller, not a joystick. They should be playing with a pong machine. They should be playing like I mean, they should be playing like some like early console version of like Mortal Kombat or something. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. So the mother takes out her personal shotgun and shoots it. Yeah. And it runs off. Next day. That Jeff- is the one accurate thing about yeah. the, the depiction people of shooting it. Is that everyone has guns. Hmm. It's very funny. Uh, next day, Jeff comes into the office, and it's his day off. Gasp! And uh, all the the family there, the kids are there. The family. He starts talking about the monster. Yeah. Oh right, and then the guy who who looks like Jim from the office gives is some like, exposition. Maybe it was the Beast of Bray Road, and this just comes out of nowhere. And he's like, exposition. back in the 19, back in the 1800s, there were sightings of a, a huge creature, and they're like. It just comes out of nowhere. Like, suddenly, he's just like, maybe it was the Beast. And he has shown no, absolutely zero indication that he would be even the kind of person who would believe in, like, cryptids. And he proceeds not to believe it, even though he offered the possibility. It's it's very inconsistent. And we get some really fantastic, amazing 2005 social commentary from Lake Scott about this girl... She's like, I'm gonna write about this all over my blog, and oh, then God. and then and then Jim's all like, shut up! You 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 uh you have a bachelor's degree from a, a community college that you dropped. Oh, get owned! Oh shit! That's social commentary. It's this random, yeah. It's this random, like I, I guess now it would be like the way this character looks. It's this like it's, sort she's of, really out of place too. Actually, <laughs> she's so out of place. It's so bizarre. She comes out of nowhere and she's like in a dress shirt and glasses. Um, she looks like like basically if if Lace got to the movie now and had a character be like an SJW, this is what it would look like. It's basically. really ahead of its time. It would, it would, you picture that, picture just like sort of like a Tumblr person, like, you know, like wearing glasses and just have sort of a stern expression on her face. It's the exact same character. 
it yes exactly it's it's basically it's basically like the, the like the the sgw is just like the more contemporary um image of like sort of an archetype that's been like in in popular media going back for a, a while now and this was just the early 2000s also this rural town town has active access to the internet to the point where some girl could run a blog that everyone reads right Maybe she has like a satellite internet connection or something. Maybe the, only her, only her, because that is that is kind of a rural thing. It's like no one has cable internet because you have to have satellite. It's your only option. Mm. So maybe like, but yeah, she's she's a sort of like she looks the sort of like anal retentive person who like yeah has a blog and 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 yeah just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> like she leaves too. She disappears after the scene. As this guy, as the guy who looks like Jim from the office is saying maybe it was the beast from Bray Road. Again, just completely out of nowhere, you see behind him this woman show up and then just be like, "Oh my gosh, my blog." My, yeah, at last content. <laughs> and Lake's Lake Sky had to give that oh, just so good social commentary. So good. Like, just a random coastal elite in this like in this like <laughs> rule our town in Wisconsin. Like, you know, he's expected to be there. Yeah, of course. Um and so Jeff leaves and the cops are having a discussion about to sell werewolf hunting tickets. So it's like, oh man, it's it's a uh, deer season. Uh but man, we need we need more money if I want to get reelected. How about we sell uh werewolf hunting tickets? You know, and we can uh, we can start selling that, and it'll make a ton of money. This doesn't go anywhere. This doesn't really happen either. It's kind of funny. It's kind of the opposite of Jaws, where it's like we need to close the beaches, and instead here it's just like we need to bring more people in to get eaten. <laughs> we gotta do it. This it's such a weird though, because this never gets like really mentioned again. This does not play a factor, except arguably for a couple of people who show up randomly in the last moments of the movie <laughs> and are so like, funny. immediately killed. So maybe it like it only seems to serve as sort of an excuse for like, yeah, no, that's why those guys were there. Uh, Jeff then runs into a cryptozoologist. And then who he's like, is, hi, I'm a cryptozoologist. And is, Jeff's like, is that the script? Is just is he's just dressed in like a uh, a vest and a fedora. He's like kind of he's kind of doing an Indiana Jones, but doesn't have any sort of like presence. You know, he's just sort of there. Jeff's literal lines are: "Did you fall out of the sky? Where did you even come from?" Is that the script? Over you there? know, it, it, it is a reasonable question in this movie. Where did you like, come from? Hi, who are you? How are you even, here? How, how do you even know about this? It's really weird. It's weird that the, the movie acknowledged that as well. I guess it's supposed to be lampshading, but it's just kind of stupid. Uh, Jeff then goes back to his house and immediately takes off his shirt. Oh, he's got, yeah, huge And ass. suddenly, wacky woman, she's drunk, and she's like, Hi, Jeff, wanna, can I come into your house and make love? And he's like, No, thank you. I'm not interested. No, Who he, is she? He, he, he's just kind of like... Like... Do you need to get home? Like, are you are you drunk? Did you drive here? He's just sort of confused, and he's and she's like pawing at his chest. And of course, uh, Leg Scott knows how drunk people act because she then wanders in the woods, and then she starts talking to herself. 
And she gets in the back of a she car. She gets into her car. She gets to the back seat, and she's like, "Driver, take me to uh, thirty-five ten. Oh wait, right, I'm, I'm driving. <laughs> being drunk makes you high. Uh, being drunk makes you well. No, that's not even like being high. That's like what that's is it? Beyond, <laughs> that's beyond being drunk or being. I guess high. if you're like on like uh, some sort of medication or something, or like being being it's 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 so far beyond like drunk or high because like being drunk it like it dulls your senses, but it doesn't make you stupid. It, it it just it just like your your reaction times slow down and like yeah, it dulls your senses, but like it doesn't it doesn't make you an idiot. Uh. <laughs> it kind of does. It kind of does. Surprise, but, like, it, the it monster eats you. It, it kind of makes you an idiot, but it doesn't make you an idiot like like this. The monster eat her, eats her surprising no one at all. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff then comes back to the office and finds the cryptozoologist there. He's just I chilling love, in his I, chair. I love me those beer-based at Wisconsin nights. And it's really confusing why now a second person's gone missing and no one gives a shit. They both seem to have been kind of like losers of the town, I guess. So, mm. I guess the first person had sort of a reputation of sleeping around, so they're just sort of like, nah, whatever. Whatever. Uh, and I guess the second person did too because she just walks up to Jeff Denton and paws at his chest. Yeah. So I can only assume like there's just there is just sort of a casual dismissal of like, nah, they were whores. And, and that's they're really aggressive me. that too. It's kind of they're very aggressive well. about that. Like that's not me putting it in. That is a direct quote from the movie. Uh, the cryptozoologist is in his chair. The Pamela, the current sheriff, is all like, "Oh, he's cute. I like him. So he's gonna be there now, I guess." Whatever. And that happens. When it gets some completely random dudes wandering the forest who find the girl's head. Uh, I think yeah. it's the first girl who's killed. Yes. Uh, she's dead. And after this happens, the cops are like, oh man, something's out there. We're ready to take it down. <laughs> I guess. And and so then so now the water in the woods. They've immediately okay. gone they've immediately gone from like, oh city slicker wants to solve a murder to oh shit, there's a werewolf. Yeah. And they'll forget about doing this too really quickly. Of course. They constantly go back in this film from oh no werewolf to ah it's nothing. Right. Constantly. Okay, so then the crypto then comes in a clearing with Jeff. And he's like, wait, listen. Jeff's like, I don't hear anything. That Exactly. There's no no noise. No, no birds. birds. No wind. No animals. And as he says no bird sounds, you hear a bird chirping in the background. You hear birds chirping. You hear the like scene, freeway noise in the back birds, and everything. The wind. I, I hope it's the most throw- loudest scene I've ever heard. Oh, God, the sound is awful. I, I'm really hoping you can drop in an audio clip I'll of totally that do it. moment it's so there. Good. Because, like, the audio in this movie is terrible. What? Do you hear that? Exactly. There's no birds. No insects. Silence. So? Well... Animals are very in tune with their environment, and something's got the critters in these woods spooked. And they took off for higher ground. What do you say? 
there's a lot of dialogue that's just drowned out by the music too. The other thing that, mm-hmm. that cracked me up in this scene, uh, talking about the sound, is that like while they're like walking through the woods, the music is like swelling. It's like really like grand and everything. And literally all they're doing is like walking past a tree. There's like <laughs> nothing at all interesting about what they're doing. They haven't found anything, but like it's like, yes, look at these heroes venturing through the wilderness. It's like all they're doing is looking at a crime scene and they haven't even found anything yet. Uh, they didn't find the rest of the body. Uh, the crypto notices that the bite marks look like a human. Uh oh, gasp. What? Plot point. Again, another line. That's another so line that's almost drowned out by the music. Yeah. <laughs> they then go back to the bar, and uh, boy, the crypto is so quirky. He's so weird and wacky. Uh-huh. He's like, "Boy, hey, lady, you are hot. I think you are cute." And lady's like, "That's pretty weird." And it's like, "Well, that's so I think she funny. literally says like, okay, that's pretty creepy." I think that's literally her line. <laughs> it's very funny. It's so funny. So then the douchebags start start harassing Jeff. Oh I'm right, not sure why they the, do that. These are, these, are the, these are the these are the guys who were calling him a pig earlier, right? Yeah, the douchebag, okay. the three douchebags. I mean, everyone. This movie's a douchebag, but no, but that's the three douchebags, though. They're the they're that's the, the title douchebags. Yeah. Um. Um. So yeah, <laughs> one guy gets a fight with him and gets beat up. Pointless. Uh oh, pointless him. bar fight. Yeah. Uh. He, yeah, so then he takes out a gun, and then uh, the bartender girl, she's like, leave. She takes out she's her gun. She's already holding a gun on him, yeah. Yeah, and then they leave. And that, what a great, what a what a useful scene that really did nothing. I'm so glad we had this. Then we cut to a funeral. <laughs> we cut to a funeral, and then this is a weird scene where Jeff's talking to the priest there. And that's weird, because he's like, do you think a werewolf's out there? And he's like, nah. It's the like priest, someone evil. The it's an evil is, man. I, we have to look into this. If the priest is like a known actor, because the way he's presented in this movie is sort of like there's like Name extra. Drop. There's an extra attention that like the camera gives to that priest, and I really was like, am I supposed to know who this person is? I'm gonna look at looking up. up. Go ahead. I'm I'm gonna look it up. But anyway, continue talking. Uh, so then we go back. We cut back to the next day. Uh, Jeff and the cryptozoologists got are getting a DNA test to check if the hair samples they found were what animal they are. And she's out. It is something that's never been seen before. It looks like a dog, but also has human uh, DNA in it too. It must be a werewolf. Must be. And they've immediately settled on that. They're just like, yep. Yeah. Except they're not really, though, because they forget about this fact later. Right. Uh, we then cut to two people hanging out in a car. And then, holy shit, boobs, 40 minutes into this film. And the only 40 scene minutes. With That's not true. It's one other scene. Isn't it? Amazingly enough. This is when they're in the car, right? No. Uh, yeah, but the sheriff girl, there's a sex scene of her. Oh, forgotten. <laughs> yeah. How can you forget that really important scene? It's really important that scene that happened. But does she doesn't take her bra off, does she? Oh no, Pamela, the sheriff girl, and uh, the crypto later. 
Oh, that's right. Okay, yes. But that's a yeah. very quick scene. That's like, that's oh, yeah. very short. And you don't really... She's a little bit more modest that like whereas sure. like what I'm used to what I'm used to in a Lay Scott film is like a girl like <laughs> Full pulling frontal. her like her bra her shirt off and just like immediately immediate tits out and hanging out for a long time <laughs> and that's what this scene was. But damn it, sure. I mean, like he's really so much restraint restraint in this one though. You know, he did actually. Forty minutes in this film. I looked it up. And there might be a reason the... why. The priest character in this apparently is not is not someone who's who's being known actor. So I don't know why he was given such screen presence. Who knows? But anyway, go ahead. What's funny is Lea Scott got on his blog. He's pissy that apparently uh, the editors edited a bunch of the death scenes around and kill things. Mm-hmm. All of the murder scenes have been edited around. So maybe this boob scene came earlier in the film. But he's but he's the editor. He's the editor of the movie. I don't know, <laughs> Flat John. I don't know. But I'm just seeing. I'm just going up with like Scott telling me. But he's credited know. in the movie as John. The I don't editor. know. John, I don't know. He's the writer, the director, and the editor according to the credits of the movie. Lake Scott thinks the asylums clearly rather gives him a lot of freedom, but at the same time doesn't at all. Apparently, I just found something that I suspected about Lake Scott, and now is confirmed. Yeah. You wonder where he was born? Where was he? Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Well, hey. <laughs> it's a love letter to his home state. Barely. I was wondering, I was wondering, like, is he from Wisconsin? Yeah, like, I thought that too. And it's sure a little weird, right, though? He's such a California boy. He's such a fucking California douchebag. Uh, and, of course, the people in the car are having sex. They die, obviously. Right, yes, that happens. This is a really weird scene where they hear something outside the car, and then the boy is all like, oh, I gotta check that out right now. It's like, what? Why are you checking that out? I gotta check it out right now. And he leaves And he leaves the car and dies. And the girl then looks around, and then she dies too. And it's like, okay. In fact, the scene where she dies is, like, unnecessarily visceral. It's, yeah. like, way too long. I think this is just, like, um... Um, oh, this is the one where it's munching on her leg, and she yeah. like has to crawl away, and then she like dies from like bleeding too much. Yeah, eh. it's really long. I thought it was every other death scene in this film. I thought it was okay, actually. Like it goes on longer, but like she doesn't get like usually asylum death scenes, especially in Lay Scott films, go on really long. Gratuitous and are like really gratuitous. This was actually very understated. It was just like it attacks her, it yanks her, and then it's it's a a view you you see like from the front of her she's like crawling away while the monster is like staying in place munching on something, and the turn it's just like it's just munching on her leg like a drumstick, and she's just like has crawled away. Not really. Around. It's funny how little she reacted to that fact that she's being eaten. Which, I mean, like, it seems like she's sort of like in shock and then just sort of like, and then just collapses and like, and that's it. And I was like, this is actually kind of like an understated, like, death scene. I thought it was actually like, I thought it actually worked better than all the other death scenes because like, like the one of like the, the guy who beats his wife, that's one where like the, the monster has like torn open his chest and is like ripping out his guts and everything. Mm. It's like, you know, and it's very short. Um, yeah, this one does go on for a while, but at least it's not, it's not like, um, 
hitchhiker long where it feels like uncomfortable it's just like hitchhiker's the entire film it's just the it's one long um something i something we forgot to mention earlier but gives a perfect example of what lake scott thinks is funny is a scene where the cryptozoologist is trying to explain uh why he thinks it's a werewolf Mm -hmm. and he's like oh well see back in uh back in like b china and bc this man used used to believe that uh he saw this bear that was both black and white. Everyone thought he was crazy, and that turned out to be a panda bear. And then the uh the girl the, the caller girl lady. is like, so it's a panda bears out there? Yeah, the dispatcher. She's yeah, she's, she's like, like no, oh, it's is, not the is, is a panda bear attacking people out there? Yeah, and that's what's like. Something's really funny is people saying the wrong thing. Right, and, and yeah, and she's like, so you think it's a panda bear? And he's like, that's not what I'm trying to say. It's just like, well, then what are you trying to say? <laughs> it's really funny because she said the dumb thing. And that's right. well, that's comedy. It's just saying that's the comedy. thing that's wrong. Except it's not dumb. It's totally reasonable. <laughs> um, so after the, after the couple die, we cut to the next day, and a girl comes in with a grizzly bear she just happened to have murdered. What? It's the equivalent. What? You know what? It's the what? equivalent. It's the equivalent of the line in in Birdemic when like the scientist guy is talking about global warming, and then she goes like, "So what? You're saying that global warming is causing this?" And he goes, "No, I'm a scientist, <laughs> but I do know that global warming has caused like such and such." It's just sort of like, "No, actually, yeah, that was the completely reasonable question to ask." But grizzly bear though. But grizzly bear though. I'm really confused. This, this scene doesn't make any sense. There's no grizzly bears in Wisconsin, first of all. Which right. they question, which is weird, right? Why is there a grizzly bear in Wisconsin? It's, and why do they no, don't acknowledge the fact that there's a grizzly bear in Wisconsin? Not a, a grizzly, grizzly bear, bear could have easily have killed people. Not a grizzly bear, it's a Kodiak bear, which is from they like. They say grizzly northern. bears. They say no, grizzly they say, bear. No, they say Kodiak bear. I remember. No, they say grizzly bear. I'll, I'll look it up and put it in this, in this audio right now, John. And all of a sudden we heard this sound. So I, I just thought it might, you know, be a werewolf or something. So I went to get the gun and... Uh, I'm sorry, a uh, stupid question. Uh, why do we have a grizzly bear in our lobby? Yeah. Tammy here killed it last night. Hey, Sheriff. Hi, Tammy. It's a Kodiak, to be specific. It's indigenous to uh, northern and central Canada. It's a long way from home. Okay, guys. There you have it. Bear doesn't belong here. Explains everything. Hold on. I thought you loved all this werewolf nonsense. So now we're just going to call it a day before we even know if we have the right animal? Okay, I, I'm sticking with Kodiak bear, I re- but which is, but same thing with a grizzly bear. Th- it should not be in Wisconsin. And they do go like, well, that is like really far out of its range, but that doesn't explain the teeth marks and everything. Also the DNA samples. But, but you know, more but, importantly, but you know, but you know the exactly grizzly bear being is. there Kodiak, to be specific. is an incredibly strange anomaly. But you know exactly what this is. This is the this is the scene from Jaws where they where they find out it's find, actually a human murdering people and all we killed him. We, <laughs> where they find scene. the shark. They find the the great white shark at, about midway through the movie, and it's hung up on the dock. And they're like, "We found it. We found the killer shark." And they're like, and the scientist guy is like, "Okay, yes, it is very rare and very strange for a great white shark to." be here in this part of the, the the world at this time but that is not the killer like it just mm. does not make sense based on what we've seen that's all my problem is. is though 
Frankly, I don't think that scene makes a lot of sense either in that Jaws scene too. But well, no, my no, problem no. is right is that this grizzly bear could also be responsible for murder murders too, right? Well, grizzly bear could also be responsible. Here's the problem: it makes more sense in Jaws because in Jaws, there's you haven't seen the monster yet. You don't know what the monster looks like. So the scientist is saying, no, 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 it can't, it can't be this. It can't be this. And so you use an audience to understand, like, okay, so they haven't found the actual monster yet. But it's reasonable to be like, well, you know, maybe. In this movie, we've seen the monster. We've, we've seen it multiple times, in fact. We know exactly what it is. In Jaws, you don't see Jaws until they're out on the boat in the third act of the movie. Also, she just kills a grizzly oh, bear? Yeah, like, what? <laughs> it happens off screen, too, right? Like, we never saw Yeah, it's not a thing. The girl, the girl is an unknown character. You don't, you don't, even, but you don't even see like, the grizzly hey, bear. They bagged a Kodiak they don't, even, they don't even show the bear in any scene. Yeah. It's not even a thing that exists. You, you don't, don't even actually see, audience you don't doesn't even see, see like, it. a dead body or anything. They're just like, hey, she bagged a Kodiak bear. And I still insist it's a Kodiak bear. We'll see about that, John. Kodiak. All right. I expect a full apology next episode. Okay. Uh, we well, then cut to the douches bags from earlier, trying to get some curls. Uh, they die, of course, in some really, really weird scenes. First of all, so uh, they're trying to split up, get the girls to go to their own separate places or whatever, so they can, you know, they obviously have them, sex yeah. with them. Uh so they both leave, and so one of the, the 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 previous douche boyfriend guy gets killed outside, and then his brother freaks out and tries to then unlock the chains in on, on his fridge. fridge. His in, chains in, on his, his fridge. Garage. The girl he's hanging out with then tries to call nine one one, which then puts her on hold. Well, you know, like, 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 like what happens when you call nine one one. Uh, why is the fridge locked with chains? The girl she, he's with doesn't even really give a shit this is happening. She's like, well, you oh, find no. Out, you find uh. out why. Yeah, she just has a very distant look on her face. <laughs> she knows she has to give minimal effort, and I give her credit for it. <laughs> um, you, want, you find out why the fridge has chains on it, um, and I suspect it why, but it's still stupid. Uh... Nine, putting 911 on hold is so funny, though. It's just like, ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, I guess we can't it's, do anything. Cut, cut rural back. town. Cutbacks to the budget. Uh, <laughs> uh, we then cut back to the bar. Jeff is hanging out with the bartender. They start kissing and whatever, but who actually gives a shit? Oh wait, doesn't the? There's like no chemistry. Doesn't the guy get get it, it killed by the monster? Like it, it thrusts yeah, he gets arms through the the wall or something. Yeah, he dies. Who cares though? I just wanted to point that out though. Uh, anyway, sex scene. Yeah, we get a sexy a sexy scene, which then cuts the cryptozoologist who is now hanging out, who's who is who just had sex with the current sheriff girl. Yeah, the main sheriff. This girl. happened off screen, so I don't know. Uh, they both have to leave because of the monster, obviously. Uh, the final deuce bag, who is still alive, who didn't die, is like I got revenge, my brothers. And he, then he gives Jeff a bunch of guns. And this is what the fridge was for. So, like, mm. they go into his garage and or a shed or something, and they open the fridge, and it's full of guns. Which it's like, okay, hiding guns in the fridge, fine. 
whatever, like like your your unplugged fridge in your garage. But why put a chain with locks on the fridge? Like that just shows that's like, well, there's obviously something in the fridge if they put a chain and a lock on it. If you're trying to hide the guns, that doesn't really make sense. It's very confusing. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's kind of like a. You're putting things in a really obvious location where you would be hiding things in. Right. Like a chained up fridge. Right. You know, I mean, it's not even like, like a safe. Yeah. They don't like, I mean, like, a, like just even like you a chained little. Chained up a like, fridge. Even, even like a toolbox or something, or just like, I don't know, like a little just lockbox or just anything, basically. It's just like, why, why the fridge? And then also, why put a chain and a lock on top of the fridge? It doesn't make a ton of sense. But so now they're, now they're outloaded. Um, they start making silver bullets, and the cryptozoologist starts reading a D&D description he, of a werewolf. He, like, immediately, like, oh my god, I, I fucking hated this line. He's like, like, he says, like, we need silver bullets, and Jeff Denon's like, really? Are you serious? And he goes, like, he has that line of, like, when when all other possibilities have been eliminated, only the impossible is left. It's like, you haven't proven that this is how werewolves rook. Like, mm-hmm. you're just sort of assuming, like, oh, yes, it's it's a werewolf. It's like, okay, we don't know that. Oh, yeah, and I think at some point they had seen, like, police, like, dash cam footage of the werewolf. At yeah, some point. They, they have an idea that's it. a big werewolf monster. Right, so it's just sort of like, okay, but, like, you how do you know that werewolves actually work by like the whole silver bullet thing? How do you know that's actually true? It's because the Cryptozoidra has a book that he reads off that has the tale of a D&D description of a werewolf. And he reads uh, off the D&D description of a werewolf and says, this is what means werewolves are. That's what a werewolf is. He's like, watch out. Don't let it scratch you, though, or you'll turn into a werewolf. Right, right. It's just all the rules of werewolves. It's just like, yep, nope, they're all true. It all applies. Yeah, all for some reason. Because he read a D&D description of a werewolf in his magic yep, nope. book that he has Must for some reason. Must be true. Must be true, because <laughs> So they're, they're now ready to fight the beast. Uh, they're now in the woods. The werewolf jumps out, attacks the cryptozoologist, who is now injured. He's, he's, just, he's okay, though, I guess. He's not killed because they shoot at it, the monster, and it runs away. Uh, the final... I... Yeah. Oh, you go. I was gonna say my favorite part of this is the um, the douchebag guy who like provides him with the guns and everything. He's like he's in camo. He's got like a big like sniper rifle that he's like carrying with him, and he's smoking a cigar. <laughs> it's he's like oh yes, I'm, I'm I'm in disguise. I'm like you know, I'm that... ultimate military man. It's just like you know if you're hunting out a creature, they're gonna smell the the smoke. But that fine. and also. We, what his plan was, he just settles down the gun. He just sort of, he lies down and sort of sets the gun in a sort of a random direction of the forest. Oh. Despite where we know the fact that this monster is very fast and can run around. And they've seen it. So just lying down on the ground is like, and your gun pointed in a general direction of the forest is an incredibly stupid idea. That doesn't make any sense. And of course, then you do a clever girl scene. I just like, say, it's the clever girl scene. Where, where like, like it, oh, the camera pans over and it's, it turns out to be right next to him. And of course, he doesn't even say "clever girl," and I was I'm disappointed. I I mean that would probably have been too on the. He nose, gets attacked, but, but it's also okay. He has some dumbass line. He's just like, "Oh fuck," or something like that. It's not even yeah. clever. Uh, he gets he he's he like mauled a bit, but is overall just fine too. Yeah. Uh, they didn't panic because the werewolf's running over to the bar, and he's like, "Jessica, like, I gotta save the bartender who's there." I gotta save the girl I had sex with. 
And so he runs over and he's like, oh god, uh, oh, and bartender he, and he girl. Shot, he shot the monster in the leg yeah, to yeah. scare it off. Bartender girl, you okay? The werewolf's anywhere. And then he notices the wound on her She's leg. She's bleeding from the leg. And, he, and, 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 and then he's like, oh my god. No, no, he doesn't even have a reaction. She he doesn't really. <laughs> she, no, he has no reaction whatsoever. He doesn't. She just goes like, I suppose I could say that I cut myself, but you wouldn't believe that. I'm thinking like, yeah, he probably would. He seems pretty stupid. He probably would have. He probably uh, so then she gasp the bartender was the werewolf the entire time the entire time does that make any sense no there's, there's like little scenes where they're in different locations the problem it makes including me... the scene from earlier because because the bartender is at the bar and while they're having sex the werewolf is attacking the douchebags good point good so point. <laughs> I'm not sure how those two scenes happen at the same time. It makes no sense. There's no motivation for it. It's a dumb twist. It doesn't add anything. It's completely pointless. Why well, wouldn't it be? Actually, it would be interesting if it was the old lady from earlier and she was the girl for the entire time. And she's trying like, to find her cat. This is the problem with like doing a twist like this is you need to sort of establish your characters and sort of like build them up and make your audience care about them in some way. And then if you do, and then do this twist and it'd be like, Oh my gosh, like it'd actually kind of be impactful. They didn't really bother doing that. They're all just sort of there doing snarky lines the whole time. Yeah. They fight and stuff. And then Jeff runs out and then the, uh, the police officer sheriff it comes, arrives at the bar and then Kelly then runs out and is like, Oh gasp, Jeff, what well, he was the werewolf. Uh, no, uh, she's the Pamela, no, kill she's Jeff, the shoot Jeff, and then Pamela then proceeds to shoot Jeff, and it's like she got she got immediately tricked, and then immediately oh, gets killed by the werewolf. Yeah, immediately gets killed by the werewolf. Thankfully, Jeff was wearing a bulletproof vest. Right. I don't think bulletproof vests protect you against shotgun gun blasts like a foot away. I don't know. Not sure. I'm not sure that works like that. I doubt it, but whatever. So, the werewolf was killing Pamela. She dies, and then two random dudes show up. Two random dudes show up in a pickup truck, and they're like, "Oh fuck! <laughs> oh god, the werewolf!" And like, oh my god! <laughs> she just starts Holy eating shit, them. Dude. It's so good. This is the real comedy <laughs> scene, but I'm not sure it's supposed to be. It's really, it, it, it is really funny. They just randomly show up, and they're like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> And, like, one of the guys has, like, gone back to, like, the bed of the pickup truck to get a gun, immediately gets killed by the werewolf, and the other guy grabs a bucket, and, like, as the werewolf grabs him, he, like, lifts the bucket and is, like, pouring it, pouring the contents of it over the, both him, himself and the werewolf, and then, who is it who gets the lighter it's not oh, the douchebag then teleports into the scene he's and throws back. a lighter at the wolf he's suddenly back he's fine he he lights a lighter throws it at the werewolf and that's when you find out it that the contents up. of the bucket were gasoline yeah. and it lights on fire and it burns i was so confused though that he's holding that bucket remains. up and, I, and it's pouring like liquid on on him and the werewolf and i'm just like what's that supposed to be <laughs> what's going it's on only when he pulls out the lighter and throws it at him it's like Oh, it was supposed to be gasoline. Uh, something we forgot to mention too is that she was injected with a uh, nightshade serum that was supposed to affect her somehow, but they don't really do anything with that. It didn't do with j- jack shit. No. <laughs> uh, so then suddenly the skeletal remains of the werewolf, who's now burnt, charred remains, gets up 
and then attacks the douche who's suddenly on the floor. Yeah. Even though he was up. Yeah. Uh, Jeff then shoots her as a skeleton, and then she flies back. With and the then both of them walk up, and they both say the best line ever, which is, silver bullets, bitch. And then they just, wow. ammo, and they just pump oh, ammo shit. into her. What a great line. What an awesome line. Oh, God. What an awesome line. It doesn't really make any sense at all. They're just like, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> silver bullets, bitch. It's so good. Oh. There's so there are so many there are so many like dumb dumbass lines that would have at least been kind of clever. Like they could have gone with like if they wanted to go like full misogyny, they could have gone with like guess it's that time of the month, bang bang bang, or like I don't know. You could probably do some sort of like thing. She's a dog, like a bitch. You could probably do something with that. I guess. <laughs> If they wanted to, and they they, they the, did say bitch in this, but they didn't really commit oh to God. it. Oh God, it's the it's the Bill Murray line from Ghostbusters. Okay, so she's a dog. They could have done that as the final line. As that could be great. That could be Guess great. She like, is a like, dog. Like 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 she turns. That would be great. Like his like his, the 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 cryptologist shows up because he knows that like they have a, a a thing going on, and then like she turns to the werewolf, and he could go on like, okay, so she's a dog. You could also say, I guess, the another line could be, I guess she is actually a bitch after all. And you could have done that too. Oh, that, that would be that would misogynistic and all, but it would have been a line. Yeah, it would have been, cl- it would have at least have been clever. <laughs> um, So now we then cut back to the morning. The three dude bros who are all united together as one. They have to leave the Shire to get healed by the one ring damage. Uh, they're all, yeah, so they're all apparently affected by the world curse now. They've all been scratched and everything. Um, what's weird is that the cryptozoologist doesn't come with them. He just goes on his own. Jeff and the douche guy, the last douche bro, they all, they leave. So they go, they go into the woods, they go deep into the woods and they're like, we, we got the, 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 the cabin out there or something. Apparently and we've got the, the little serum. Yeah. They got the little serum and they're like, okay, so yeah, take this when the full moon approaches. And, then they and say, my like, Good theory luck. is, okay, maybe Jeff didn't make it in time, and he was in the desert, you know? Yeah. He's traveling through the Utah desert, and he at some point he obviously killed the douche guy for food. <laughs> and he, so he's, he's, out, he's out there in the Utah desert, and he's really angry about the bartender who betrayed him. And that's why he's so infatuated with the girl, because she looks just like her. In Hitchhiker. I'm talking Perfect. about now, of course. Perfect. And that's why he's so crazy. Because he's actually becoming a werewolf. Perfect. And that's why when they hit her and that's with a how car... he was able to escape from prison and all <laughs> yes. that stuff in Hitchhiker. And that's why he's, that's... like, invincible. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. After Lake Scott, all of his films are in the same universe, of course. That's why he was able to get shot, like, 16 times and still is, like, alive. Yeah. This, this this theory is uh you can't you can't break it. It's ironclad. It makes complete sense. Lake Scott would be proud. I should ask all him on of Lake Scott's films. I should, I should, place this, in the same I should I present this theory to him on Twitter and see what he thinks. I don't think he'll give a. Sh- he'll a, say a he'll see, at most he'll say aha and that'll be all. I'm like oh yeah, that'd be it. Well, because because <laughs> we've put more thought into Lake Scott's films than Lake Scott ever did. Yeah. And, of course, this film ends with a little banner saying, This film is dedicated to the great state of Wisconsin. Not offensive at all. (laughs) 
this film is dedicated to the great state of Wisconsin. It, it big Remember watching the entire the entire village die? This film is dedicated to the great state of Wisconsin, which is why it was filmed entirely in Southern California. That's yeah. not even a lie. And the by fact the that way. every every single character is awful and actually evil. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it, it did wonder: is Jeff Denton from Wisconsin? Like, it's just like a a, a hate letter to his home state. Mm. Lake Scott. Yeah. Also, Jeff Denton. I'm sure. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I meant to say Lake Scott. <laughs> but also Jeff Denton, though. Uh, probably not Jeff Denton. <laughs> or is it Jeff Denton, though? Jeff Jeff Denton doesn't really strike me as a very Midwestern guy. Lay Scott, though, has no. that sort of manic sort of like thing about him. I'm just like, yeah, no, he's a, uh, a, a formerly Midwestern guy who became a California douchebag. So uh, do you recommend this film, John? No, it's very boring. No, granted, not it's one been, of the. It's worst. better than the last like five films we watched. So that's good. I would say, yeah, this is this is not one of the worst asylum films we've watched. I wasn't bored the entire time, and I'd say it's probably the best Lay Scott film, mm. just because usually I I I can barely get through a Lay Scott film. Usually I'm just bored to tears. Oh, well, get ready, John, because next week's Transmorphers. Oh, so maybe this will be his best one yet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is pretty damn boring. A couple of like funny moments, like unintentionally funny moments, mm. like like the like the sound effects and the a couple bits of dialogue. But yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty it's pretty nothing. So I'm looking forward to seeing the end of Lake Scott. Lake Scott finally make his final comeback and impress us all with Transmorphers. No. If you think Lake Scott can make a comeback, just email us at entertheasylumpodcast at gmail.com. There is redemption for all at entertheasylumpodcast at gmail.com. Including Lake Scott, if you can believe it. I can't, Man, I'm really excited to be finally done with Lake Scott, though. Yeah, me too. We're really at the end here. Next week... Or whenever this comes out, uh, that will, it'll be the end of Lake Scott. Finish. End of Lake Scott Galleon. Done. We'll <laughs> throw a party. We'll have a little. We'll have a speech of what we think of Lake Scott. Oh, do a, I have to a discussion? Oh, do I have to write a speech? <laughs> I'll write a speech if you want. Oh, fair. Okay, yeah. The less work on my part, the better. So, John, I expect an apology next Jordan, week. <laughs> I think that's a podcast. I, I will not ask for an apology <laughs> for you if it turns out to be Kodiak Bear. And yet, I'll apologize anyway. Kodiak, to be specific. Okay, that's a I podcast, everybody. I won't demand it. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Be true to your bar. And don't